Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray you are inspired by their teachings. Thank you, Pastor David. Thank you, Pastor Dale, for the privilege of being God's messenger today. It's good to see you. We're glad to be back with you. And uh, this is our last uh, weekend to be with you for a while. I've got two grandkids that are calling my name down in Arizona I need to go spend some time with. But we, and it's not just about the weather, so just, you know, I understand. When it gets below 40, my wings do start flapping a little bit, but we're going to be back. And I'm glad I have some good news to share with you today. It is a great, great message from God's Word. So I hope I can do it justice. But before we dive in, I want you to take that piece of paper you got, not your connection card, but the other one that has the questions on it, I'm going to conduct a pop quiz. I didn't expect a lot of cheers on that one. (laughs) Nobody likes pop quizzes. And by the way, if you've already Googled the answers, you failed this test, okay? Okay, here we go. Here's the first one. Don't reel it out. The first question is, what do the stripes on the American flag Represent. Write it down. Write it down. Don't say it out loud. Write it down. If you wrote down the 13 original colonies, give yourselves a hand. Great job. You got that one right. Okay. Very good. Here's question number two. Finish the quote. Fortune favors the what? You said it out loud. Shh. Okay. Pastor David failed that. Okay. But if you wrote down bold... You got it right. And I, you know, somebody said, what about brave? I said, well, give yourself half credit for that. Okay, that's a pretty good answer. Okay, here's the third question. What is the only, it's trick, not a quick question, but it's a, a math question. What is the, oh, wait a minute. Did I miss something? Yeah. How many pounds are in a ton? How many pounds are in a ton? Write it down. If, what's the answer now? 2,000. Very good. Okay, if you got all those right, here's your bonus question. Here's your bonus question. What is the only prime number that is even? Think, okay. You got it written down? The answer is two. Two, did you get it right? All right, good job. Yeah, good job, sweetheart. All right, good. Hey, congratulations on passing Pastor Mark's pop quiz. And you've taken tests. Some of you are still in school. When you heard pop quiz, you got this fearful shudder up and down your spine. That's all the tests I'm going to give you today. But we all take tests. Some are easy, some are hard. I remember the hardest test I ever took in school. I was finishing up my master's degree at our seminary. It was a 93 semester hour uh, program after college. And it culminates with an oral exam. Now, that's not with a dentist. That's not that kind of oral exam. It's, it's three professors are sitting down, looking at me, quizzing me for three hours. They're asking me everything they can think of about the Bible, about theology, about the church. And I mean to tell you, it is, it is brutal. It is exhausting. And uh, especially, I was kind of anxious about the exam, and I had a, had a designated room, so I showed up there a little bit early and kind of wanted to 
spend some time kind of clearing my head if I could. And I walked up and looked to where in the door in front of the room where the three most difficult, hardest professors in our seminary. And my heart just sank. And I, I, I went over to the restroom. <laughs> went in the men's restroom, sat in a stall, okay? That's not a pretty picture, but I had to find some place to get along with God. I said, God, you haven't brought me this far to do this to me. Please, God, help me with this. This is gonna be horrible. I walked out of the bathroom and I walked over my room and they were gone. And instead were my three favorite professors in the room. But I'm gonna tell you, it was still a tough three hours. And when, I, when they finally told me at the end, Mark, you have passed the test. My response was not some type of prideful enthusiasm. It was like humble gratitude, just thank you for getting me through this, God. Tough tests, tough tests. But I'm gonna tell you something. God gives the best tests. They're not always the easiest tests but they're always the best tests. And I'll tell you something about God's tests. They're always to strengthen your faith. He doesn't really give you a test about your intellectual ability or your physical prowess. His concern is for your faith because he knows that's the most valuable possession you have. Without faith, you will never know God. Without faith, you'll never please God. Without faith, you won't experience anything he has for you. So here's what I'm asking today. Is there faith in the room? If you have a strong faith in God right now, just kind of slip your hand up. I believe there's great faith. Okay, all right, put your hand down. Now, if you didn't raise your hand, it's okay. Because the people that raise their hand are praying that God would bring faith to you that he's brought to them because we're in this thing together. Watching online, God's given me a lot of faith. And I wanna just impart that to you. So let's pray right now. Holy Spirit, come. Unite us together. Speak to us through your word. Bring faith to us, Lord. You got us in your gym. We're on that third set. Man, it's just like, I don't think I can make it. But you're spotting us. You'll never bring a test on us that we cannot make it through. And Pray you'd build the faith of my friends right now. May we pass the ultimate test you have for us today. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Okay, what's the ultimate faith test? Well, we're in it. We're in our series through the book of Genesis and new beginnings. And last week, Pastor David talked about the call of Abraham and how God brings a call to each one of us. But today, we're gonna talk about the cost of the call, okay? Not necessarily a fun topic, but as such an important topic. And ultimately, you'll find out it is a really good thing. So we find Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 22, the father of our faith. And you'll find out, man, this guy is the goat when it comes to faith. He is the greatest of all time. This wasn't his first rodeo. God's tested his faith many times. But this is the ultimate faith test. Genesis 22, 
Open your Bibles if you have them or your device, and I've got the words up on the screen. Sometime later, like decades later, God had made these incredible promises to Abraham. But now he comes with a test. He says this. The Bible says God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Good response when God calls, here I am. Now listen to this. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac. What he meant was, this is the son of the promise that I gave you, that through Isaac, you would be a great nation. You would bless many nations. Isaac, whom you love so much. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with, I, uh, with Abraham's love for Isaac. But he says, I want you to go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountain that I show you. And I'm sure Abraham really was not wanting to hear that. I don't know about you, but I, I'm a dad and I, I couldn't do that. I just don't think I could do that. And I don't know whether you parents could do that either. That's a hard test. But I think, and this is the main theme here, and I'll come back to it again. God knows the person, the thing, the possession in your life right now that's vying for first place. There's something you're dealing with, something you have, a relationship in your life that's rivaling for your love with God. And God's put his finger on that today. Not to cause you to squirm, not to cause you fear, but to build your faith so you can trust him because he loves you and he created you and he has the best for you. But God doesn't just indiscriminately pour out his blessing on us, right? He wants to know he's got trustworthy sons and daughters. So he's testing Abraham. He knew Isaac was the object of Abraham's affection. This wasn't the first test, but it was certainly the ultimate test. So here's what I want, to, as, we, as we walk through this and see how Abraham responded, I want you to make some application because God will test you. Satan tempts you. We're not here to talk about him at all. This is not about Satan today, although God can take what Satan means and he can turn it into something good. It's amazing how great God is. But God will test you. And he's testing you right now to make you more like himself, more like his son. So let's learn. Here's the first thing. First thing I want you to know that Abraham's faith was immediate. What I mean by that is his response was immediate. God makes this kind of command. The very next verse, it says, the next morning. Not next week, not next month, not after he had a chance to kind of try to negotiate this, or maybe I didn't hear right. I would, that's what I would have said. Maybe Run that by me again, God. The next morning, Abraham got up early, saddled his donkey, took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for the fire, burnt offering, and he set out for the place God had told him about. This is amazing to me. 
Not just that he did it, but that he did it, no argumentation, no hesitation. So here's the application for you and me. It, takes, it maybe takes us some time to know God's will. I get that. I, I know where we're at on that. We don't always know God's will. But once you know God's will, once you've read something in his word, he says, do this, don't do that, you know his will. So that's once you know his will, the longer I delay, this is my own testimony, the harder it is to obey. If I don't do it right when I know, I can find Satan come in and kind of talk me out of it, or I can talk myself out of it. So there's a lesson for me. Learn from Abraham. When God speaks, step out. Just act on it. Do it. Here's the second thing. His faith was confident. Check out the next two verses. On the third day of the journey, Abraham looked up, saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. Look at this. We will worship there. I'll come back to that in a minute. And then we will come right back. He didn't say, I will come right back. He says, we will come right back. I don't think that's just incidental. I don't think Abraham's trying to, you know, just, you know, posture himself here and not let the servants know really what's going on. I, I think Abraham was so confident that he had heard God's promise that through Isaac, you're gonna be the father of many nations. It's through that boy that if God's telling me to sacrifice him, he's a big enough God, he can bring Isaac back to life. He will accomplish what he's promised to do. My part is just to do what he's telling me to do. That's faith. He was confident in that. And notice he says, we will worship him. That, that blew me away this week when I read that. I mean, that's not something that I would be excited about worshiping. <laughs> I mean, you came to worship. We had great worship here today. By the way, if you're watching online, there's nothing like the worship in this room, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're sensing that, but I'm gonna tell you, man, it's beautiful. And I love worshiping with you guys. I love what God's doing here, the team. It's just beautiful. It's wonderful. It just opens up my spirit to God. And I'm just, that's what worship is. Just opening up, honoring him, loving him, him loving us. Okay, I can't put that with sacrificing my son. That's a hard connection to make. But Abraham's, he says, we will worship. It's almost like you get the impression he's looking forward to this. He doesn't know how it's gonna turn out. He doesn't know what it means exactly, but I am so confident in this God that I serve. He's been so faithful to me. How can I doubt him? I don't see the big picture, but he does. And unless I am confident, God is always good. Here's the application. Unless I'm confident that God has my best in mind, I will never fully trust him. And that's where a lot of you are. I, I, that's where a lot of people are. They say they believe in God. Well, great. But they don't really have the confidence that God is always good, that he's big enough to pull it off in my life. The test of that comes right here. Wow. There's another guy in the Bible that uh, I find that kind of confidence, and his name is Job. Maybe you've heard about him. 
God allowed Satan to strip him of his wealth, his home, his 10 children, even his health. Yet even then, after all that, he fell on his face and worshiped God. He said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not there, y'all. I want to get there. But you see, this unbelief, that's the culprit, right? I, I don't really trust and believe that God is good or that he can pull it off. It's in the middle of the test that we question God's goodness when I don't feel like it's, it's working out. Well, here's what Abraham learned. His faith was immediate, his faith was confident, but his faith was in God. Now you say, that's obvious, right? But look at what happens next. Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. So two of them went along together. Isaac's kind of saying, wait wait a minute, I'm, I'm taking inventory here. There's something important missing. He says, Father, yes, son. We have the fire, we have the wood. Uh, Where's the sheep for the burnt offering? Look what Abraham says. God will provide. Say that with me. God will. Think of the area where you don't see it, you don't understand it. Say it again. God will And so they both walked on together. The original term for provide here means to see. It's like Abraham saying, son, God will see to it. He sees. We don't understand. I don't have it figured out either. But God does see. And I I had a pastor I was talking to who preached this. He said something, and I thought, this is really cool. I don't know that this is necessarily true to every part of Scripture. But I can imagine as Abraham and Isaac are heading up one side of the mountain, God is seeing this ram head up the other side of the mountain. God will provide. You don't see the whole picture. All you see is the test. All you see is the sacrifice. All you see is the hardship. All you see is the difficulty. God, why would you ask that? Why would you require that? God sees the whole picture. And I want to tell you, it's a great picture. But you've got to trust him. Without faith, none of this makes any sense, right? But with faith, all things are possible. So he trusted in God. By the way, I think Isaac was learning to trust too. He had watched his dad through all these other tests He'd seen his dad's faith was not just something he talked about, but something he walked out. He lived it. That's important. If you're a parent today, when your children are facing a tough test in their life, will they see your trust in God? I think the reason so many, I'm not have anybody in particular in mind, but the reason so many of the younger generation are walking away from church and walking away from God is because they've not seen the integrity of a witness and a life to go with it. Our kids follow what they see, not what they hear. And this culture is deconstructing 
everything about God and a biblical worldview. And I believe God is calling out a generation who will put down deep roots, who will trust God, who will build their faith, not because it's mom and dad's faith or grandma and grandpa's faith, because they have put down, they've said, God, you are trustworthy, and I'm placing my faith and confidence in you, and I'm building my life that will withstand the storms of this fallen world. So, when our children are facing the test, well, they see that. Maybe you, feel, maybe you identify with Isaac, and maybe you say, you know, I haven't had that model. Then find a mentor. Get connected with somebody who is living out their faith and say, talk to me. Let's take this journey together. We need each other. I need those younger people in my life. Chances are I think they, can, they need me from time to time. We need each other on that. But here, here's, that, was, that wasn't part of the message, by the way. That was just a non, didn't cost anything for that. It's a bonus, okay? His faith was immediate. It was confident. It was in God. His faith was authentic very quickly here. Look at this. These two verses, y'all, I think are the most dramatic, one of the most dramatic in all the Old Testament. Try to put yourself in the scene, okay? When they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar, He's building the altar, putting the stones up. Isaac's helping him. He arranged the wood. Tied his son. Now we're getting serious. Tied his son. He picked him up. Man. Placed him on that altar. Sure, he looked up a few times. God, I'm here. My boy's here. I trust you. Took out the knife. And he's ready to plunge that knife in the body of his son. And he hears, Abraham. I don't know whether it was a Abraham or a hey Abraham, <laughs> but I'm sure whatever he heard, it was like, oh yes, <laughs> I'm here. And the voice said, don't touch that boy. Look what he says. I now know that you love me. Wow. I think that is an amazing, amazing, amazing moment. And so, Abraham, now that you love me more than your boy, I can entrust to you everything I have for you. That's the beautiful part. He passed the test. Look what God says. Abraham looked up, saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means Jehovah Jireh. Lord will provide, our provider. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Say it with me. God will provide.
This is such an amazing faith story that is included in the New Testament. When every generation is trying to point, this is what faith looks like in Hebrews chapter 11, which is, by the way, the hall of faith chapter. Abraham's right there at the top. He says, verse 17, the writer says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son. He'd already reckoned it, it's done. Even though though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God could bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Here's the bottom line before we go. Abraham's faith was based upon God's promise. It was not based upon what his experience was. It was not based upon what he felt at the time. It was based upon God's promise. That's the anchor. That was it for Abraham. And I want to tell you, that's the anchor for you. God has made amazing promises. He has invested the best that he has. He sent his only son. We celebrated that earlier. God is never asking you to do something he's unwilling to do himself. He sacrificed his one and only son because he loves you and he wants you to experience every blessing that he can bestow on you. But you gotta be willing to make that same sacrifice. Not to forgive your sins, but to receive his blessings, his provision. So, Here's the bottom line. Here's the issue. Faith is challenged at the beginning of the test. Faith is rewarded at the end of the test. See, that's what we love. We love the challenge. Some of you said, you know, I like this challenge. I like you challenging my faith, Pastor. And then when, when faith comes through and, and, and faith is rewarded, yay, we celebrate. It's that middle part, right? It's in the middle of the test that faith is really strengthened. It's like, guys, when you're working out, right, that last set, you're going, oh, man, I don't think I can do this. But you know your spotter's up there. He's going to take care of you, won't let it overwhelm you. The Holy Spirit's right there. You can do all things through Christ. He's building your faith muscle so you can be stronger. You can trust more to him. So, You know, your ultimate faith test is not the same as Abraham's. Uh, I've had many faith tests down through the years. Let me share just a couple of them with you. Because at different stages in life, it was the ultimate test for me at the time. When I was a teenager, when I was in college, I loved sports. I did sports all the time, all kinds of sports. Wasn't very good at any of them, but I loved sports. And I was very, very competitive. And... I would end up, I felt that God was calling me into ministry and I'd be out there on the field or the court and I'd be just so upset and I'd be yelling at people and I'd be, you know, rah, rah, you know, and I'm, I never, didn't swear. But man, I was coming really close a lot of times. And I realized, God, I can't do this. This is gonna destroy my ability to be a pastor if I can't control myself better in sports. And I had to, Put that Isaac on the altar. I literally gave up sports for a season until I could get my heart right. And you know what? God gave it back to me. 
and I've enjoyed sports a lot. Now, I got, I can't enjoy too much because I'm 66. You know, there's just some things you just can't do anymore. The body won't let you. And then I was a young pastor, my first church. My dad was my boss. He was the district superintendent. I am the new pastor on the district, the DS's son, the favored one. Yes, and I had to prove to these people that I was a good pastor, that I was a good leader, and I was really working hard to grow my church. And I was at a district gathering after about a couple years, and God came in a meeting of pastors. It just was like a spontaneous response, testimony start, and God just came, and it was a beautiful worship, and it scared me because I felt like I was on the outside looking in. I said, God, why can't I enter into this? This is beautiful what's happening. I just feel like I'm, I'm not there. He said, you really want to know? Be careful what you ask God. He'll be honest with you. He said, Mark, that, is that your church or my church? Is that your ministry or mine? And I realized I had to put my Isaac on the altar that day. Most recently, pastoring here, I had an idea what I wanted this church to be and what I wanted to do as the leader of this church. And God just said, well, Mark, yeah, that's, a, that's an okay plan, but that's not my plan. And I had to put my Isaac again on the altar. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. As painful as that is, when you put your Isaac on the altar, I am a living testimony that when you do that, God brings amazing things into your life. I am more fulfilled. I'm happier now. My influence, whatever I had, is much broader than it's ever been. I've got young pastors calling me. I'm pouring into the next generation. I am having the time of my life. I love the Lord. I love the church. I love what he has me doing. And I'm telling you, none of that would have come to me if I'd have held on to my Isaac. Are you with me on this? What's your Isaac? What is your Isaac today? Even as I'm saying that, you know God's put his finger on it. In fact, as I was preparing this, he said, Mark, what's your Isaac now? There will always be the next ultimate faith test. Are you with me? You never outgrow those kind of tests. So just as God never asks us to do something he's unwilling to do, I would never ask you to do something that I'm unwilling to do. I want you to get that piece of paper that had the pop quiz. On the back side is a blank side. I want you to get your pen out. In a moment, I want you to go ahead, and you know what it is. You know what it is already. Write down your Isaac. Is it a dream for your life, a career, a relationship? a possession? What is it? What is rivaling for first place in your heart right now? Are you willing to sacrifice your Isaac? So in a moment, we're all going to stand. The team's going to sing. The song they sang earlier, great is your faithfulness, and we put our confidence in him, the promise
you want to join me, you can put your Isaac in the burn barrel. He said, Pastor, should we paint that black? I said, no, no, no. That needs to be blood red. <laughs> we need to remind ourselves of the cost. Because the, God's cost is never greater than his blessing. He may give you that back again in a different way. He may give you something better but with God, you never lose. Come on, give me some backup on that, right? You know that's true. So trust him. Put legs to your faith. I'm gonna put this in the burn bell. I'm gonna kneel. You may just need to kneel, a good place to just affirm. God, you're still first. Or I'm making you first. And then just, you can return to your seat. Holy Spirit, come. This is hard. We're human. You know that about us. We have this bent to self. You know that about us too. That's why you came, Jesus. So come now and help us. Give us the faith of Abraham. Build our faith, Lord. You're trustworthy. thanking you for my friends who love you more than anyone or anything else for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church.